Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi everyone, I hope you're all shining bright. We're gonna shine it up. Welcome to the Shine It Up podcast with me, Jackie Gillies. Come join me on this journey as we unpack the Real Housewives of Melbourne, deep dive into all things that I do, spirituality, manifestation, self-empowerment, and being a psychic medium. And I'll chat to some friends along the way. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Shine It Up podcast. How are we all? I hope you all enjoyed last week's episode with the fabulous Joel Creasy. He's such a ball of fun and I just felt that the energy that Joel brought was so authentic and so organic and I just love him. So let's get to where I'm at right now. So my live update, let me just tell you what that is all about. My babies are two weeks old now and anybody that comes to this podcast knows I'm going to keep it 100% real. And being a mother for me hasn't been the easiest just yet. And I am going to talk about why it hasn't been easy for me. Breastfeeding has been one of the hardest things I've had to do. And I thought that breastfeeding would come naturally and easy and it has not. A lot of people are usually just dealing with one, but when you're dealing with multiple births, it is really, really difficult. I mean, it's difficult anyway for any mother, I I think. I mean, maybe there's a lot of mothers out there. I haven't had a lot of talks with a lot of mothers out there that have said to me, it is easy. A lot of my friends have said it hasn't been easy when they gave birth and, you know, breastfeeding, but these have been my experiences, the lack of sleep, I'm still in pain from the cesarean making sure that both my babies latch at the same time because I don't want to be breastfeeding one child, you know, for half an hour and then breastfeeding another child after that half an hour is up. So I've been trying to breastfeed at the same time, which hasn't been easy. It's had it's actually had its challenges. Sleep deprivation. Oh my God, don't even get me started on that. That is a real thing. I didn't know what to expect becoming a new mother. I just thought that it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be easy and it's been far from easy. There have been moments actually that I didn't expect and that is I I think you'd probably call it the baby blues. There'd be times I would cry uncontrollably and I wouldn't even know why. I thought, is it the hormones? You know, I've tried so long to have these beautiful babies, but now I was starting to suffer a little bit with the, I don't know, what do you call it? The baby blues, I suppose. And as I'm looking at my beautiful little angels and thinking, oh my God, I've got to try and breastfeed every two and a half or three hours, start to get anxious and nervous. Are they going to latch? Is everything going to be okay? And I've found it very, very challenging. I'd love to know about all the other mothers out there if you found breastfeeding challenging because for me it has been. So the way my schedule works with these babies is that they do sleep at the same time and they usually sleep in three-hour blocks, don't they, Mum? I've got my mother here. Yeah. About three-hour blocks, three, three-and-a-half-hour blocks, and I feed them at the same time. A lot of people are like, oh, my God, Jackie, I've got one and it's not easy. You've got two. How are you doing it? A lot of prayers, a lot of help, and a lot of determination. Recovering from my post-C-section hasn't been easy. 
I mean, I feel better now, two weeks later, but I'm still sore and still tender. I mean, based upon, you know, breastfeeding your children and then being sleep deprived, it all becomes sometimes a little bit too much. And this is what I was talking about. Like there are times that I've just cried uncontrollably and I'm thinking, what's wrong with me? Is there something wrong with me? I should be, you know, very happy. You know, it's taking me two over two years to have these beautiful children and I'm having all these hormones running through me and then wondering why am I crying? And then I've talked to some of my other friends and a lot of my friends are like, Jackie, I had the baby blues too for a week or a half, a week and a half, or even sometimes longer. If you are struggling with baby blues or postnatal depression, I encourage you to talk to somebody. I encourage you to speak to your doctor. I encourage you to speak to your family or friends or, you know, go online and, and speak to somebody that's a professional because, you know, being a new mother is not easy for everybody. The babies are definitely becoming more aware. They, they, they're looking and they're doing these little smiles. And I think, you know, some people say they're smiling because they've got wind. And I'm like, no, they're smiling because mum is holding them. They're the cutest little beans. Like they've got the darkest hair. They've got a lot of hair and they're so bloody cute. And I always kiss their little chubby cheeks. Do you know what else I want to say out there too to new mothers is that we can't be hard on ourselves. So I had my lactation consultant come today and this is a true story. She only left about an hour and a half ago, didn't she, mum? And she looked at me and her name's Nicole and she's amazing. And Ben and my mother were speaking to her and I was still sleeping. And I woke up and, and oh, my God, the struggle is real. Like I shower morning and night and now I'm showering. I've showered, <laughs> I didn't shower in two days. I thought, oh, my God, I look like death warmed up, man. Anyway, coming back to my lactation consultant, Nicole, who's amazing, come out to hearing her voice, speaking to my mum and, and Ben. She took one look at me and I just started crying. And she said, What's, are you okay, Jackie? And I said, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm okay. Is this normal responses that I'm feeling? Like I should be so happy that it's taking me so long to have my children, but right now I'm not feeling happy. I feel like I'm stressed because I can't always get these babies latching at the same time. And when they do latch, one takes a bit longer than the other. Then when they scream because they're hungry, when they cry, I get anxious. I think I just want to get them on there. And then I've got a nipple that's really sore and that it feels like, you know, somebody's, it's like razor blade, somebody's chewing the nipple off and it hurts. And I said, I'm kind of struggling a little bit. And she says, Jackie... It's okay. A lot of new mothers do. You've just got to talk about it. And we came up with a plan that is going to work for me. And my lactation consultant could see that I didn't look like my normal self. No, the lack of sleep has turned me into what, mum? Somebody that's a little bit anxious. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't feel like myself. And I think that's from what my lactation consultant said, that that is very much a normal thing, but we just need to get on track to make sure it doesn't go further down into a track that we don't want it to go to. So mothers out there, do not feel guilty if you feel a certain way. You need to speak up. You need to talk to somebody because I have. It's actually pretty cute seeing them together. It's so cute seeing the little babes. You can see they've got a connection, absolutely. Sometimes when one cries and I hear the other one crying, it sounds like 10 babies crying at the same bloody time. Like, oh my God. But they are so cute. Yeah, so all in all, my life update has been a world that I'm not used to, a world that I wasn't prepared for, a world that I thought would be easy and it has not been, and a world that I thought that would be enjoyable every second of every minute, and it hasn't been. And that's okay because 
I know that there's a lot of women out there that experience what I experience and I've got hormones going through me. I've got two babies. They're only two weeks old. I'm trying to get the hang of being a mother. I'm trying to breastfeed. I'm trying to make sure I'm doing the best for my babies. But sometimes you've got to make sure you're doing the best for you before you can do the best for your babies. Remember that, women. So that was my learning curve today amongst my crying throughout the days. So let's get involved now. Changing courses here. Real Housewives of Melbourne recap. Sunday night was the episode four of the Real Housewives of Melbourne and the drama has officially kicked off. Here we go. We start at my going away trip, which we go to far north Queensland. It's for my baby moon. Now, I did pray that I didn't want any drama, but come on, this is an away trip and I know that that's going to happen for sure. So we arrive at the beautiful hotel, and I have to say, I'm so excited to to actually come away with the ladies because I feel like we all need that trip away just to come and find one another, but have a common ground and hopefully get to know one another on a deeper level. So that's what I was most excited about. But in saying that, I still know that Janet and Kyla have a bit of a situation where there's still a bit of tension between those two. So I don't know how that's going to really go down. And how everybody's going to cope with that energy. But, you know, you've got to allow people to be who they are. So we start off and we get into our beautiful cars and we drive up to the Miller Miller waterfalls, which I have to say was absolutely amazing. And even having lunch in that beautiful rainforest was so gorgeous. I felt like it was such a treat because I've never experienced something like that. And it was so amazing. And it was really a a moment that I experienced with all the ladies. And I found that really quite incredible. I also felt that it was an experience that I will cherish. But what I will not cherish is when Simone and Cherry get into it about a bloody designer. But to be fair, Simone did have a conversation on the way up to the Miller Miller waterfalls with Angelie and Janet about, you know, that she wanted to talk to Cherry. And because Angelie is friends with Cherry, she actually asked Angelie what would be the best way to approach Cherry. Because I just want to talk to her about how she sent an email to her designer asking her to dress her and Simone feels that Cherry already knew that she was being dressed by this designer. And when you're doing a television show and you do work with some designers, sometimes it's not easy to find a whole lot of outfits because you can only wear the same clothes once, man. So I kind of understand it, to be fair. And we can't all look the same because then we're all bloody boring, wouldn't we? (laughs) So that kicks off. Yes, it does. But to be fair, I feel like Cherry had a lot of other things on her mind. So when she did blow up, I feel like it was a combination of other things that were going on within her. And that was probably Simone asking her about the designer just probably triggered everything else that she was feeling, being away from her gorgeous children, the feeling of maybe has she done the right thing coming away with the ladies. So I I kind of understand the way she behaved only because I knew she was feeling anxious about leaving her children. You know, she hasn't done that before. And so I understand that point of view. So yeah, the baby moon. The Miller Falls were just stunning. I have to I have to go back to those Miller Falls. When you actually walk, look at those falls, it doesn't do it justice on TV. Being in the open air and smelling that fresh air was just amazing. And actually driving with Cherry and getting to know Cherry in the car was great too because I got to know a part of Cherry that I never knew about her before. So I felt like that strengthened our bond. But I don't understand the big deal about people contacting designers. Who cares? What I care about is Kyla Cherry and Ange coming into the group, but have already made it about us and then mention how Kyla and Cherry say they only care about each other. Actually, that's true. That really upset me. I'll tell you why that upset me. So when Kyla was kind of walking away with Cherry after the blow up about the designers, 
Kyla says, it's only about you, Cherry and Angela coming into this group, but have already made it about us. And then mention how Kyla and Cherry say they only care about each other. I felt that that was a bit disheartening because I felt that when you come into the group, you want to get to know the other ladies. So it kind of made me watching that made me feel like throughout this whole season, everything that I thought was true then. Has it been that you girls have just come in with a, with a click and you haven't really wanted to get to know the other ladies? And that's been a bit hard and not just on me, but also with the other ladies. And I feel that when you come into a group with that agenda, then how are we supposed to move on as a whole group? So that kind of, you know, made me feel a little bit disappointed. And it was almost like we don't care about the other ladies. We just care about us three and that's it. So it's like, is these friendships real or, or are they fake? You just have to keep watching the rest of the season to find out, won't you? Now off to toad racing. Oh, my God. That was the most hilarious thing ever. My toad, they're a slimy man. This is my first time ever toad racing. And when I had to pick my own toad, I had to call myself Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. They are slimy. They piss. They drool. They... They piss everywhere. They do. They pee everywhere. It's just, oh, yuggity, yuggity, yuck. And then my toad was like an old man. It wasn't moving anywhere. It was moving at the pace of a bloody snail. I was like trying to get my little um, streamer and go, move, move. And it was just moving so slow. It was like slow-mo. That's how it was. I was like, I'm never going to win this. But Simone and Gamble, they were in it for the finish line, man. They were ready. Simone really wanted to win this challenge because Simone's quite competitive. And I actually thought that was hilarious because one minute you see bloody Gamble mounting the table like, get this toad, I need to win. There's a real competition between Simone and Gamble and it makes me laugh. But Simone ended up winning. So Gamble, you lost. Roachie's toad called Fat Bastard was hilarious, I have to say, too. Roachie got involved, but Roachie didn't win either. So the winner, of, and I came bloody totally last. I didn't get me started. Mine ran off to no-no-no land. I think it got stuck between some bloody boards and we had to pull him out. Oh, my God. Anyway, it was an experience I will never forget. Oh, my God. So I'm excited to go for a gorgeous dinner with all the ladies, but I'm telling you, I can feel the energy. Something's going to kick off, man. And I was right during the day. I actually said to Rochi, I think this dinner is going to kick you two off. I'm talking about Kyla and Rochi, and it did. I felt like when we first sat down, I felt like, to be completely and utterly honest, I felt like Angelie, Kyla, and Cherry were already in for an argument. I felt that. That's how I felt personally. When I sat down and I read the room, that's how I felt. I had heard that Kyla had said to... Angelie and Cherry, which really upset me that I was gossiping about the ladies on the balcony, about their outfits and God knows what else. And for starters, I don't gossip about people. And I certainly don't gossip about people in their outfits. And if I had something to say, I'd say to your face, I don't need to be gossiping about people. That's just not how I roll. It's not my personality. It's not who I am. So that upset me. And then when I hit Kyla up about it, she did say, well, it wasn't you. You were shushing everybody. I said, but the conversation didn't happen. What actually happened was we were actually talking about Simone's relationship and Simone was actually breaking down and crying, crying about her relationship and what she was going through. So I don't know how that went from that to that because I certainly wasn't talking about Kyla or Cherry or Angelie in any negative light because actually I like the ladies. So for Kyla to actually say that was disappointing. So I don't know what she heard. And by the way, it wasn't that what she heard because I was not gossiping about those ladies and it really upset me. And I remember that 
very clearly about talking about Simone's relationship because I was stone cold sober. So I didn't speak about the other ladies on the balcony. I was speaking about Simone's relationship. Like Simone was clearly crying. It was So that was what we were actually discussing. Janet was there and so was Gamble. And I remember it very clearly because I was stone cold sober as I was pregnant and all the other ladies had been drinking. Just saying, now off to Janet and Kyla's feud. There's a whole lot of tension there. And I feel that the tension really lies back from when Janet knew Kyla and who she is today. I just feel like this feud is ever going to stop, is ever going to finish. Again, you're going to have to watch the rest of the season to see. But I feel like there's a lot of one person knowing one thing and there's another person knowing another thing. So it's just difference of perspectives. But I feel like these women could find a common ground and be able to move forward. So you'll have to wait and see how that all unfolds, my friends. So that's the end of my recap for The Real Housewives of Melbourne, episode four. I hope you all like it. Now, let's put it out to the universe that season five is where we all get along like kumbaya. Doubt it, though. Anywho, I'm so excited to have this week's guest join me on the podcast. She is, without a doubt, my favorite of the cast of The Real Housewives of Potomac, and it's none other than the gorgeous Ashley Darby. We had such a great chat, so let's get straight into it. Oh my God, I'm so excited to be talking to Ashley Darby from The Real Housewives of Potomac. And I have to say, Ashley really is my fave because she's got a similar energy to me. She is a pocket rocket. She's passionate about everything that she does. She's a yoga teacher. She's a singer. She's a hottie. I believe that she is the fan favorite of The Real Housewives of Potomac. I mean, I feel like if you went on this show, and I know how casting goes because I've been doing this from season one to Real Housewives of Melbourne, if you weren't in this cast... I honestly believe that the dynamics would be complete shit show. I'm not saying the other women don't, but you really bring the authenticity and you're standing your truth with everything that you've experienced throughout all the seasons of The Real Housewives. You also deliver and you deliver with truth where I feel like a lot of the other women will get in there and do arguments and say little things, but they don't really show their lives the way you do. And that's one thing about being on this show is you can't sign up to be on reality TV if you're not willing to be forthcoming. Okay, for those of you that don't know, let's start with your life. And and what I mean by that is I'm a massive believer. You know I'm a psychic medium. I'm a massive believer that there is no such thing as coincidences. And I'm a massive believer that where we end up is because it was meant to be. And I want to know where you grew up. But when you were growing up, what was in your mind as a young child? For me, so I can give you context here, I was always, always a visualizer. I'd always visualize things creatively. I'd always see things in my mind of the things that I wanted to achieve. I always wanted to do something more in this world and I wanted to be known for it, but not known in an egotistical way, known to inspire people on a different level, right? And I grew up in a very humble beginning. You know, my parents come from Croatia with nothing. I had a home that wasn't like my other friend's home. It was like people would think that was a dump, you know, like we didn't have much money growing up. So it was, I grew up in very humble beginnings. So I want to know where did you grow up and how did you get into pageants and how did you become part of the show? How did that synchronized events lead that up? You know, it's so funny because I was thinking about this earlier today. When I was a kid, one of the most defining things about me was I would always think it's going to be okay. 
And now I know, now that I've been doing my spiritual work, I understand the law of attraction and and like being in in that place where you can anticipate a positive outcome. I've always been that way. Even when we were evicted from our apartment when I was eight years old, when we were going to the church because my mom couldn't afford groceries, I always had this feeling it's all going to work out. And even still now, like I carry that with me. And now I, I understand a little bit more about just synchronicity and how the world works and how the universe is so complex. It served me a lot in my upbringing. My mom is a single parent. I've never met my dad. I actually met him on the show, which was a whole uh, very interesting thing. He just closed the door right in my face, which was heartbreaking. But growing up with my mom, who is very emotional, she's very loving, she's very caring, but she also, you know, she's she's got a little temper that can pop off at any moment. So I've grown up with that balance of like understanding that you want to be a positive, warm person, but at the same time, you know, when, when you have to deal with life, you have to deal with life. You got to buckle up them bootstraps and keep it going. So that's how I've gotten here. And then as far as pageantry, I was a bartender. I've done that. Yeah. They were having a a fashion show to raise money for sex trafficking victims from Rwanda. So they were having this whole fashion show. The lady was like, hey, do you have any talents? And coincidentally, I did theater. And I was like, yeah, I sing and I dance. She's like, well, why don't you come compete for Miss DC? And at the time, I knew about Miss DC because a girl who was dating one of the owners She was a Miss DC. So I like, I had some idea, but I was like, there's no way, you know, I'm not, she's, she's like this tall Amazon model. And then I, I just, I tried on a whim. I tried, I won and I went on to compete for Miss America. And that was where my life changed forever. I reckon that was an event. It was a moment in that moment that needed to happen. And you needed to be in that space for everything to move forward for you in the way that it did. And I always say that, um, you know, you growing up with humble beginnings too, like you said, with your mom, there would have been a lot of stuff that you probably experienced at school that, you know, a lot of children didn't experience, you know, where you said your mom couldn't buy groceries. And there were times, even in my life, growing up in a high school where there weren't many other nationalities. So it was very white Anglo-Saxon and being bullied for that. But it kind of taught me resilience. And I think that comes from my mom and dad, like you said, your mom, where You've just got to keep going and you saying that everything will work out and all is well tells the universe that good things are going to continue to come to you even if you can't see it. Yeah. You were pregnant and had two newborns back-to-back season on the show and this is what actually somebody said this in production to me. She goes, you know, you and I don't think many people have been pregnant on the show. You and Ashley, the longest standing like housewives for season to season, they're like, you're carrying these twins and you're filming. You can't drink. I said, that for me was a struggle because I had to put up with this bullshit as I'm like listening to you people straighty 180 and your hormones are going crazy. How did you cope with being pregnant on the show? I only have had one baby at a time, two <laughs> babies at the same time. Girl. I think the benefit of doing a reality show is that this is your real life. Yeah. So it's not contrived and it's not yeah. difficult. For me to like just share how I'm feeling like this is what you guys are gonna get if I'm swollen if I'm having heartburn that's what y'all going here you're gonna get the nitty-gritty yes I let everybody in and I I'm an oversharer naturally so uh it just kind of <laughs> happens you know <laughs> I feel like when you're pregnant too it's like you just you're oversharing times a million okay 
Oh, 100%. Do you know the biggest thing for me, the challenge, like sometimes I said things and I'll like look back and now our season's just come out because we just finished filming season five of The Real Housewives of Melbourne and they want me to post these assets and I looked at this asset and there's this one asset that goes like, okay, I'm so hormonal right now, Ben. Like I started getting a bit aggro and angry and sometimes I say to the ladies, today's not a good day. So if you say something's going to like get me upset, I might pop off and I can't help it. What's really funny is this is one moment Ben goes, I thought you were going to say you're horny. And I'm like, yeah, that too. I, I'm like, <laughs> I actually, I was very much like surprised. I'm very sexual anyway, but how horny I was even more with these pregnancies. I'm like, like yeah (laughs) in the hormones too and you know that's nature doing its work because apparently when you have sex it helps the baby come out come out yeah it's just nature doing its thing you know yeah yeah I was just saying my poor husband, you know, like it's not always the best because to be a man and to have, you know, this, my, my big ass, like crawling over on him, you know, (laughs) I I get what, what's going on. Do you know what I really love too, is that on this show, your husband's been very supportive. And, and I know that doing this show for five years, there's a lot of men that can't handle their partners being in the spotlight. Then I really mean that because I've done season after season and I've noticed a lot of the women's partners, because they're successful, they get all the attention and then all of a sudden their partners go on a show and then the attention goes from them to that woman, right? And I've noticed over the seasons, this is on our show, is that a lot of these men couldn't handle that and didn't want to be part of the show or if they were part of the show, it's very minimally. What I have to really give kudos to your man is that he comes in no matter what the fuck's going on. And he talks about situations and events and things. And he's so transparent, but I don't, you don't see that a lot with other men in the franchises. You don't, especially yours. So I feel like that's a really true testament to your relationship. No matter what anybody says, he's a man holding you up and coming and discussing things that most men may be going through at home, but will not discuss on any level. So I just want to say that's fucking awesome, man. Like people need to remember that because a lot of relationships have broken up because of their partners being on a show like this. Yeah. The the reason that we are even picked in the beginning is because we have affluence or we have some sort of notoriety. For many women, including myself, it's because your partner is the breadwinner. Yeah, yeah. Michael is a very prominent real estate developer in yeah. the capital and he has a very big personality. So he's always been... um He's always been at the forefront. I'm shining too. And you know, I'm not going to lie. It definitely was an adjustment. I think that me being Miss DC and him supporting me through that process was a good warm up. The fact that people were just so into our lives in a way that we were never prepared for. We're an age gap relationship. There's 29 years between us, right? Oh, he's 29. So you wouldn't even think it. Like, I just look at you two and go, well, you don't think an older person, a younger chick, like, I don't think like that. I just go, whatever, that's their relationship. Michael transcends age. He is ageless. But <laughs> used to that, like, oh, you're a gold digger. You're this, you're that. I've always heard that. I've always- Do people actually say that shit? Girl. No, I don't know. Like, yeah, you see, you hear it sometimes on the show, but I just think that's just them being shady to try and put you down so they can get something out of you to pop off. People really say that. I mean, I've heard it quite a few times. So that just comes from a sense of jealousy. That's it. It does, but also it's different. And anything that's different, people have to, they have to somehow make it make sense in their mind. Oh, she's with him for his money, that gold digger laying on her back, collecting them checks, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That is what it is. But now, whereas we, we already knew 
based on what goes on behind closed doors. Like we know our relationship, but now we've let the whole world into our relationship. Yeah. And that has its pros and its cons. You know, that sort of vulnerability is not easy to it's maintain not. all. No, it's not. It's not. And I'm actually very lucky that Ben's the same. He's very transparent. But in saying that, he's a very private person and he comes from a background where, you know, he's a musician, but this isn't his type of thing, right? And he did this just completely and utterly support me. I see that if Ben wasn't in this industry, it would have been very challenging for me because he's lived this life from the age of 14. So he understands how this works, right? But for people that don't understand it, it can be a challenge. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One of the most defining moments watching your season, you talked about it just quickly, was you knocking on the door of your dad. And you know, I've had psychic vibes about this. That to me was one of the most, for you, heartbreaking. But for me, it was this thing where you were so fearless to go into that moment and go, fuck it. I'm going to see what happens here. And I really want people to know what my experiences have been. I'm going to try everything. I have to tell you what my vibes were when I said I actually cried, to be fair. And I actually had this feeling that, your dad watches this show and he watches your grandchildren and he watches everything that you're doing and he watches it from afar. But I feel like your dad has so many regrets about what he's not just done to you, but what he's done in his past. I feel like it's a past thing. And I feel that his conditioning comes really from his dad. And I actually felt your grandfather, as soon as I sat down here, where he wants to apologize because what's happened is the conditioning has gone on and on and on. And the only person that can stop this is you and you're doing it. And the goosebumps you're getting down your arms, down your legs, then he's giving you a hug. And you need to hear that as clear as day. And he will come at the right time. Some of your family members won't like it, but you're going to allow him in. And I feel it's going to be around when he's unwell and he will apologize. And the thing is with people like your dad and people that have gone through that mentality of not being hugged or kissed as a child, right? And then it kind of goes on. So they think it's easier to leave than to be in something. It's kind of easier to not acknowledge the emotion and the pains, right? Because I feel your dad grew up in a situation where he wasn't hugged. I love you. I'm proud of you. Fuck yeah, go man. And so that for him was easy to walk away. And I feel I have to tell you this. I actually do feel your dad does love you, but he doesn't know how to show it. And his way of was just walk out of everything, just walk out of everything. And I don't have to know that this has ever happened. So it's easier for me to fucking put the blinkers on. And I don't know who David is, but there's a David in his family that's passed. There's a David in your dad's family. I can feel it. I can hear the name. And I also feel that there's been a heart attack around him too. Heart problems around your dad's energy. Well, yeah, my, my grandfather. So my, my dad grew up in extreme poverty. Yeah. Yeah. His dad walked out on him. Yeah. Jackie. Yeah. I actually do have goosebumps because he grew up with nothing. And then his mom married uh, who I now consider to be my grandfather. Yeah. He passed from a heart attack. Well, that's who's here giving me this story. And I have to tell you that. And the other thing he wants you to know is you are having another child. You'll get that girl that you've been asking for. The little goosebumps you just got down your legs then, but Michael's going to go, 
Ash, I've had enough. <laughs> She's going to say, come on, baby, come on. And sometimes you've teared up about it. You love your boys and they're your everything, but it's like that will make your life complete. But you're going to get that girl. I'm telling you. I'm feeling this urge to have another baby. And it's going to be a girl. We have agreed to not have any more children. Yeah, that's why I'm saying, like, that's why I can feel it. He's like, I'm going to get a vasectomy because now I can, you know, I stopped breastfeeding. So now yeah. I can pregnant again. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing because before I was like, yeah, that's it. Just two kids. That's it. But these dreams I'm having, these just inclinations I'm having that I am meant to have another baby. But she's coming. He's just scared that there's going to be a third boy. Yeah. So that's what he's scared about. And he loves all his children, but it's like, all right, I'm giving you the two, but there's a third coming. And as for your grandfather being here too, the other thing is that you have to forgive your dad in your heart. You've got to release it. You think you have, but you haven't completely. You've got to let go of it because that is one of the things that holds you back with trusting people in relationships. It's that moment of the anger that you still hold on to. It's still there. I can feel it. You need to literally say, I forgive you as a human being. You don't have to forgive his acts, but I release you. And he did the best that he could with what he knew. And all he knew was his dad ran, he ran. I also feel too that your dad did want to answer the door and he saw you cry. He saw you cry on that show and that affected him. If you feel like he doesn't watch and he doesn't look, he does. And there will be a time you get to say your thing. Now be in private, then you'll need that. In a positive way too, that place that you're staying in, I see you guys moving. I see your man going, I want to do something else. Yeah, no, we're moving. We are. Yeah, I can see it. And I can see the house having windows. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm looking at a house with a lot of windows. Yeah, that's that's what I see. (laughs) Girl. Okay, here's the other weird thing is I thought about my dad this morning. I don't think about my dad very often because it is a very it's it's a it's a difficult thing. And yes, I have in my mind I've forgiven him. But there definitely is something inside that I'm holding on to. So the fact that you're bringing that up and you're saying it, it's, uh, ooh, girl, it hits a lot of nerves there. It hits, hits more than one. Them. That's it's story. them. It's them. It's not me. I'm just giving you the, the messages that you need to hear in order to evolve yourself for the next step. And by the way, you've been getting pain sometimes in here. You hit. Like you hear, but I can, I can feel it. Your grandfather's telling me. He goes, that is because you don't know what path to move on next. And what he means by that is I'm not talking about your children. I'm talking about your next path with business. And I dreamt that. I told you, I messaged you. I dreamt we were both, there was a lineup behind us both. I actually even reckon it's a podcast as well. That's part of it. And I even feel dancing and some kind of yoga, just getting people fit and taking accountability and responsibility. And I could see me there and you were there and there's people lined up behind us, but we're leading them. You've got to stand now in your business ideas that keep floating to you and just do it. And your lower back on the right-hand side, I can feel it's completely out. And so is your man's. I actually feel it's got something to do with this C1 and C4. You should write that down if you've got a pen. Yes. Like, I, and I'm serious. I can, I can see it down the bottom. He's having a lot of issues with his back and his foot. His- He's got to go to an osteopath. I hope I haven't freaked you out. No. I, yeah. girl, I live for this. I love it. <laughs> I live for it. That's one of the things that I appreciate so much about you is the fact that you you have this gift and you, you're so spiritual, you're so in tune with that. And at the same time, you can be so present and you can be so fun and entertaining and you bridge two worlds that some people can see to be so different, but you bridge them and you're, you're, you live it with such. Thank you. You know what I say? What you see in others is what you see in yourself. Never forget that. Anywho, I've got to move on to your gorgeous babies. Your babies are psychic. I feel your babies feel and see the other side. Which one? The 
eldest, more than the youngest? Oh, so I actually thought it was the opposite. I, I feel like my youngest baby has more. What you're going to see is he's more sensitive and he's going to be more of an empath. But the other one, he sees visually, but he gets bored easily. That's the problem with him. But he's a bit like you. And if you get bored, it's like, dude, I need to be stimulated. And that's a great thing, actually. But for him, his intuition's off the chart. And you'll start to see that when he's nine and 10. Has he started kicking that ball around? Yes, he's playing some soccer. Yeah, you got to put him with ball, man. He's going to be gifted with the ball, not just soccer. I even say tennis. I just got another vibe. Your knee's out. It clicks. There is definitely something going on with this right knee. I can, no, I can feel as I'm talking to you. It's really crazy. <laughs> as I'm like sitting here chatting with you. I've got a question. What has been the biggest learnings for you with being so open about your babies? What has been the biggest learning curve since becoming a mother? Because you're going to be able to teach me something here. Well, I was saying this to Ben earlier that even though having kids is such a collective experience because we all got here some way, right? Mm. It's so damn individual. People will tell you their experiences and, you know, you'll be like, oh, yeah, really? And they'll try to tell you what to expect, but none of it will ever hold a candle to what you actually experience. So that was that was the craziest thing because I grew up with babies. My sister is 16 years younger than me. So I was like her mom. Yeah, helping raising her, yeah. I basically raised her. So I was like, yes, I already know what to expect. That's how I was. Yes, with me, my youngest brother, yes. Yeah, but then, let me tell you, (laughs) there's nothing like having your own child. It it is... Oh, it's on a whole different playing field. Because, and especially you being a mom of two... At the same time, yeah, you're going to have just so much love, so much warmth. Yeah, it's it's an adjustment. It's an adjustment that nothing can prepare you for. Dean and Dylan, I love that you've kept the same DDs. I love it. Dean and Dylan, and they're they're Dean DMD, Dean Michael and Dylan Matthew. I I love. I just absolutely adore that. And do you know what made me laugh when you had your first child? I saw the difference in how more relaxed you are with your second. And this is what happens with motherhood, I reckon, anyway. But with the first one, when people want it, like, for me, I'm a kiss. I'd be like, oh, little boomba, when he kiss. And you're like, no, keep <laughs> That was so awesome with you. You're like, you're not kissing my baby, man. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, germs. If I had had my first child during the pandemic, the paranoia. Oh, God, it would have been crazy. But it's definitely different with the second baby because you're like, yeah, this first baby, he didn't die. Yeah. He's living, breathing, thriving. I got this. And so there's definitely more confidence going into it. The only thing that was a bit challenging is, and I'm experiencing it now because Dylan is six months. So he's developing more personality. He's becoming more independent. But Dean is two, and I'm just not able to give as much time as I was before, you know, to be there for every moment, moment. every milestone. And it's just a natural part of having two kids, right? And three and four and five kids. You just can't be as present with yeah. that, your first child as you were. I actually grieved that more than I grieved like my previous life as I grieved being able to be fully committed to one child and, and be so hands-on. Now, now I have a nanny and she gets to see him, you know, do his stuff and she'll send me videos and photos and she'll tell me about it, but it's just not the same. What I noticed is that you saying that, but I have to say, I feel that sometimes when you take a little time out and you have balance, you have rest, you become a better mother, a better friend, a better lover, and you become a better everything. 
And I think you filming The Real Housewives of Potomac, correct me if I'm wrong, what it does is it's such a great distraction that it doesn't allow you to sit in this anxiety bubble at home, which you probably would be doing if you weren't filming and having those commitments to get up, I've got to get up, I've got to zhuzh myself up, I've got to be part of something, even if I'm tired, even if I don't want to. And I actually feel when you do have a little bit of respite, it does make you a better mother and, like I said, a better friend, a better lover and being a bit more present for yourself. And I feel what I've noticed with a lot of women that have postnatal depression is because they're just stuck at home with their babies. or They love their babies, but their partners are out working and you're just at home from 5 o'clock in that morning getting up right till 10 o'clock at night and you're like, dude, uh, I'm, I'm done for a minute. It's so true, Jax. It is so true. And that is a difference between my first child and my second child mm. was – when we started filming season five of the show, I yeah. was postpartum. Yeah. So I had been in that bubble for two months. Yeah. I had been like just so immersed. And then for this baby, you know, we started filming season six when I was eight and a half months pregnant. I literally gave birth. I was, they gave me a week off. I didn't film for a week. <laughs> That's what they do. You love that they do that. That's what they do. A week, man. Thanks. <laughs> I, I kind of missed them after that week because yeah. I was like, happening? Where is everyone? What are they doing? Doing. I wanted to be back in the mix. And I do think that that's a really good point you make is that having that, even though it was a lot of work and it, and it, I was tired because, you know, feeding every two hours, mm-hmm. da, 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 da. having that expectation, having that excitement of like putting yeah. on some eyelashes, yes, yes, put a little lipstick on a girl, like it, it does create like a sense of a, di- a dichotomy, if you will. Yes, yes. You're definitely right. We're social beings, you know, and anytime that you are in a bubble, anytime you're just immersed in yourself, you're just going to, it can be a little bit stifling. I definitely 100% pick up what you're putting down. How did this season go for you? Do you reckon that all the women were supportive of your pregnancy? What I mean by that is like, if you bring a child to set, do you feel they were supportive of that? Because some seasons of Housewives like Kenya, right? You know, you could see they were cracking the shits with her because she'd just leave early. She'd backdoor Sam it. Was your group pretty good like that for you or not? Well, so um, season five, Wendy yeah. and I had into it because I yeah. brought my baby on a, on a trip. You know, it was her first season, so maybe she didn't know or whatever. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But she was really upset that I had brought my child and she didn't bring her child. And it was a very similar situation to what happened with Kenya. And Portia, it's not your fault. She should have hit up the producers and said, this is what's happening. I'm bringing my baby, like, bang. Like, I just feel like sometimes when you rock up with a baby, because that's going to be me, it's like some of the women, you can tell, like, oh. Is it going to affect our day of drinking and carrying on? Or it's a, I just get that vibe, because I'm going to be in that position, right, where it's like, there's Ashley on the island there. We love that she's got a baby, but we're not going to help hold or feed or do any of that. No, no, no. Babies soften the hardest people. Yeah, yeah. When a baby is around, the aura is different. People yeah. feel like just so primal. You know, it's like it's, it's the most basic instinct to be nurturing to a baby. It affects the group. The group does, especially women, You there is like um, an understanding, even if it's someone you don't like. That's beautiful to hear. It just tears the wall down, yeah. at least temporarily. <laughs> but... In the moment, the babies, they do bring an energy, a freshness that makes everybody feel good. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. 
it's a blessing. It's a blessing, not just to you and your family and your friends, but to everybody around 100%. Have you guys filmed the reunion yet? No, actually, uh, next week. That's going to be on. It's going to be on for you with Candace. Do you ever find when you film the reunion, some people have embellished or bullshitted to make a story look like it's the truth, but it's not. And it's so hard sometimes because the one trigger for me personally, and everybody knows this from season one to season five, is when someone lies. If someone lies, that triggers me so badly that it's like my blood and boils. If you're going to do a show like this, just don't lie. Just be transparent and be your honest truth. And, And a lot of women sometimes will do these shows for fame. Just for fame, to be, you know, to have notoriety. And, you know, a lot of them, when they go, you know, I was wealthy beforehand. I'm like, some of these women, even on New York and stuff, their paychecks have come from the show. And I just like, just be open and honest about it. Yeah, you might have had good financial stability, but this has helped you more. And this is why you're still on the show because it pays your damn bills. So just, you know, keep it 100. There's no shame in it at all. No, there is no shame. Nothing about fame is free. What we're sacrificing is privacy, being able to live your life behind closed doors to have yeah. two faces. I don't have two faces anymore. I don't have a private life and a public life. I have one face. This is this is the face. It's what everyone sees, all of my... And this is why I love you and adore you because you are in your truth. Yeah. I mean, I can't not be because the reality is too that Washington, D.C., it's a small city. There are a lot of people here. It's very connected. It's like a big, small town. So if I'm not going to tell my truth, someone else is going to say it for me. So it's just better to just like get in front of it. But I will say, Jackie, that I feel that it's a bit of a cultural difference to not be someone who is open, whether it be that you grew up in a house where you didn't talk about your feelings or you put on airs and appearances, whether you're of an older generation, like that contributes so much to how other people not even just on housewives, but how you do your life, like how you share your life is based on all those factors. 100%. And I have to say, before I ask you the last cute little three questions, I want to know, have you ever had a psychic experience, a dream that's come true because I feel like you have, or something that you felt was going to happen? For me, I would have dreams about how the show would go season to season of what the actual, of what some of the women would do. And it actually happened. And I tell the producers, and I go, I know what's going to happen. She's going to come for me because she doesn't like I'm a fan favorite. So as soon as the um, show would start, they'd tell me, my angels would tell me. And I'd be like, oi, I'm not going to name a name. I'd say, oi, I know where you're going with this. Let's hit it now. First episode, so you're not going to get away with it. So have you had dreams of psychic awareness where things have happened? I feel for those ladies because a person who is intuitive and who's psychic and who has that clairvoyant, you can't lie to them. You can't. You can't bullshit. You're just going to blow those house of cards all over. 100%. 100%. I do have those sort of dreams, but they're not really so much about my professional life. They're always about my personal life. I'm always dreaming like, like actually yeah. before I was pregnant, I dreamt about having a baby and, and I attract I animals. About to go through a big moment in my life, animals will just start. Like we had a snake in our house once. We had a frog in our house. I live on the 15th floor. Somehow there was a duck. That's that's the angels talking to you. That's their signs. Yes, I know. Dragonflies, these ladybugs. There's this ladybug that keeps flying into my window. That's abundance. Yeah, so there, there are these little things that are happening, you know? There's signs. Yes. That's the other side saying that they're with you and all you have to do is ask. Do you know what they? I wrote down I was going to ask you about? You're going to get a dog. 
They made me write that down. These boys need a dog. We just talked about a dog the other day. Yeah. You got, you got, you're going to get it. What song turns you up the most, Ashley? What's the song that gets you vibed? Oh my gosh. I, so I recently discovered this genre of music. I guess yes. it's like techno. Yeah. 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 So it's called Friday. Yeah. It's Friday. It's Saturday. Sunday film. Yes. Oh, that's me too. Yes. Bang. And what's the last TV show you binged? You know, I love love shows. So Love Island. Oh, that cracks me up. Do you know what cracks me up too? Whenever um, Ben and I would, this is before I fell pregnant, you'd go out. The next day would sit and watch X on the Beach. It's the best. Oh, I love that show. And yeah, the UK version is, we have it here in the States too, but the UK version. Nah, that's off tap. It's so off tap. And if you had endless resources, right, time and nothing else to do on the planet, what would you do with your time? I would just travel. I would see the world, you know, the terrain of the earth. Like everyone's talking about going to space and yes, space expedition is so cool, but like there's so much to see on earth that no human has seen everything on earth, you know? So that's, that's what I would do. I would just endlessly travel. Yeah, that's, that's the vibe, man. I, I love travel and I love culture and I love, for me, I said to Ben, when these two children are born, I said, they've got to fit into our lives. Do you know what I mean? And that means we go back to Europe every year. And I said to Ben, I want to take these children, our kids, to third world countries and I want them to see how privileged they are because I know how it was for me growing up, right? I wasn't privileged, but I had this sense of my parents would, my dad would every Sunday bring homeless people over because my dad grew up with no food, right? He'd have to steal food to eat. It was really, my dad came from a very poor environment. Like you said, your, your dad was, you know, grew up in a very, in poverty. So that, so my dad always likes to see people eat and so do I. So if you come to my house, I bring all the food out, the drinks and bangers, you're over. And I said, no, I, but that makes me happy. But it comes from a sense of my dad. I want to see people eat because it makes me happy. And people would come and would bring the homeless people on Sundays over and they'd eat and the dad would drive them back. And if people would come to our house and my dad only had a sausage in the fridge and some cheese and bread, he'd pull that out. And I reckon you'll do the same things with your kids. You'll be like, you're going to see all parts of the world and you're going to be cultured in a sense of that we are very lucky to have what we have and we are. I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for joining me today. Like I'm getting a bit teary. Maybe it's the hormones. I feel like I needed to speak to you. I feel like you need to hear some of those vibes. And I also felt that when you came on the show of The Real Housewives of Potomac, you bring so much joy and so much heart to the show. And I feel like um, sometimes you need to remember how much joy you bring to people's lives. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye, babe. I hope you all enjoyed my chat with Ashley. She has such great energy. She actually reminds me of me, and I just absolutely adore her. Thank you guys for the questions you have sent through this week. Jenna from Instagram, did Kylie hear you and Janet talking at all on the balcony, or did she completely make the whole thing up? No, Janet, myself, and Simone and Gamble were on the balcony having a chat, a conversation, and it was actually in Janet's room on the balcony, which is two floors up from her bedroom. So she might have heard us speak, but she certainly didn't hear me gossiping about the other women. We were actually talking about Simone's relationship and her breakdown, and Simone was crying about her breakdown of her relationship. So that conversation just never happened. That was just made up. So Sophie, so thanks for that, Jenna. Sophie from Instagram, who do you think was right in the Cherry versus Simone issue? I don't think there was a wrong and right. Simone just wanted to hit up Cherry and just ask her a simple question, but it turned into a shit show because Angelie got involved in talking about what Simone had said on the car ride up. So it kind of put 
Cherry in a position of anxiety and she already had a bit of anxiety because she was, you know, away from her children for the first time. She's never left her children, never gone on an away trip with ladies. So I feel like her anxiety was already heightened and feeling like Janet was coming for her, which was not true, or Simone was coming for her, just heightened her anxiety and that's the reason she blew off. So thanks, Sophie. Jay from Instagram, is motherhood what you expected it was going to be or has it been much easier or harder? Jay, that's an amazing question. I have to say it's been much harder and it has not been easier. I felt like that I'd just be able to just get along with it and just see what happens, but it has been a lot harder than I expected from breastfeeding to sleep deprivation. And I feel like you've got to talk about the way you feel because if you don't, you can put yourself in a real sort of a situation where you could become depressed or you could have postnatal depression, but you've got to just talk about how you feel and get help. Don't be ashamed to ask for help. Dom from Instagram, does Janet know more about Kyla's lies than what she said on Sunday's episode? Janet has known Kyla for a lot of years and Janet knows a lot of things about Kyla from her past and I don't really get involved in that. So that's really a question you will have to ask Janet about. And there was a lot of things that were cut out from that episode. So a lot of things were said, but you didn't get to see all of it because there was a lot of cutting out of conversations that took place that night. So I want to thank you all for joining me for another episode, guys. I will see you next week. Sorry I've been a bit flat. I'm only two weeks in from giving birth to my beautiful babies. I absolutely love and adore all of you, and I want you to keep listening to my podcasts and tell me what you think about my journeys, about motherhood or about my experiences that I'm experiencing, and thank you all for listening. Love yous. We're going to shout it up. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.